0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Consulting Trap. I'm the host, Brian Maddox. With me today is Jason Vanna from Shift. Welcome, Jason.
1: Hey, Brian. Happy to be here.
0: So, uh, Jason, I I think in our earlier conversations, I told you a little bit about uh, who our audience is, uh, but they don't know anything about you yet. Can you help us out with
1: that? Yeah. So, my name is Jason Vanna. I founded and run a brand positioning agency called Shift. So basically uh for the last 25 years I have been in branding and content helping businesses to uh use branding and content to attract the right uh potential clients to them um have built a have built brands from you know 11 million ARR to now a lot of them are pushing 60 70 million ARR um, using kind of branding and and content tactics and so it was actually a year ago this upcoming Monday, so a year ago, right around Thanksgiving time, uh, was when I jumped full time with the agency, and that's where we uh, work with a lot of B two B service, B two B service companies, SaaS companies, helping them to get their positioning down so that they attract the right people without having to do a lot of outbound sales.
0: So, uh, you know, normally we talk about how you get clients and stuff like that, and so I definitely want to get into that conversation as we go, mm-hmm. um, but. One of the questions that kind of naturally comes up is in your experience now with with all of that sort of skill set behind you, what are the common mistakes you see a lot of first timers make in the branding space?
1: I think a lot of it comes down to not really understanding what branding is. So I think what happens in, especially in smaller businesses or in startups, people tend to think that a brand really is a logo, fonts, colors if they're a little more progressive they think it's a message or a feeling um, which all of that is included in a brand but a brand really is how we describe it at shift is it is the customer facing side of your business strategy and so a brand and specifically more a brand strategy is really what should drive your entire business towards growth so it's something that impacts your marketing your sales your product your operations customer service all of those things kind of need to be aligned and moving in the same direction if you really want to see long-term sustainable growth. And what tends to happen in the B2B space, because a lot a lot of people in the B2B space don't believe in brand. Um, B2C, they understand brand. Apple, Apple understands brand. It's why people line up around their building for a new iPhone, because they understand and invest in the power of brand. You don't see that in the B2B space. Because in the B2B space, it's all about, well, we're just gonna build out a sales team and have them cold call, have them cold email, and we're gonna build out that way. Or they do a like a lead magnet, you know, those little ebooks they put up, you give your email address, and then all of a sudden you get hounded by salespeople of like, you downloaded this book, you clearly want our product. Um, and so a lot of people use that, especially in the B2B space, use that that approach, um, not understanding that. Taking a step back and really building a brand strategy provides all of the direction you need in order to develop out your marketing and sales and product and operations and customer service to build all of that out and know that you're doing it well. Um, That's what a brand strategy, that's what a brand does. Um, And that's the biggest mistake I see people make is they jump into, I've got this product, now I need to hire salespeople but they don't know if it's the right message. They don't know if it's the right audience. They don't know if it's the right pricing. They don't know if it's the right perception. Um, They put up a website that talks about we're the number one blank for this industry and it doesn't connect with their ideal audience. And so then what happens is they get caught in this trap of trying to generate revenue and not being able to do it and spend years. Some companies we've worked with have spent years trying to tweak and test different sales and marketing tactics and still never get down to what's going to actually draw the right people to them um, we actually I actually talked to a prospective client a few I think it was a few weeks ago and he said that he has tried every marketing tactic google ads facebook ads linkedin ads doing cold emails doing uh like placing ads in magazines um doing e uh, not just cold email, but email campaigns, doing a lead magnet and, and nurturing campaign. He's worked with multiple agencies doing all that and still has sold $0 for his, for his of his product. Um, and a lot of it, I ask, who's your ideal customer? Well, it's anyone that would do this. And it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> when you don't have a brand strategy, if you say our client is everyone who would do this, you don't you're not ready to go to market if you can't answer the question why would someone buy your product and your answer is well we're the best or you know we're the cheapest that's not that's not a good reason that's not going to create this um this drive in your ideal customers to say i need this it's like uh it it reminds me of if you've seen the the movie elf that scene where he finds the world's best cup of coffee, you know, right. and goes in and, and whatever character was with him, they're like, this is a mediocre cup of coffee at best. But like, that's what happens in the B2B space, especially kind of SaaS or the, the tech side. Um, but we see a lot of service industries do this too, like financial planners and accountants and manufacturing and all that, where they say, we're the best. But their website's crap, their message is crap. They, they have a long lead time. You you contact them on the website and they don't respond right away. And it's like every single one of those touch points is communicating to me. You're actually not the best. So if I can't trust that you're the best, I can't trust anything you say. And so long-winded answer to say that seems to be the biggest mistake I see people make is they jump in without a brand strategy and then they're testing all these different tactics, wasting money without actually generating real, uh, a real level of, of revenue.
0: Right. It happens all the time, right? Folks are still spent. They'll say, I spent, I spent $10,000 last month on marketing and it turned into nothing. You guys yeah. are awful. And it's like, well, listen, there's a lot of folks out there willing to take your money. Yep. But and throw it into Google Ads or throw it into Facebook Ads or throw it into TikTok or whatever. And uh, without the the full comprehensive understanding of what that uh, that client the ideal client is, uh, it's not enough, right? The ability right. to carry a pulse and sign a check does not make you a great customer, right? It's a yep. little bit more nuanced than that. So, you know, when when folks are looking for branding, though. Um, they're not because they have those misconceptions about what that is, how much, uh, on the front end, on the education side, how much of your time do you spend just trying to get folks reeducated on the basics?
1: Quite a lot, actually. So if you, if you follow me on LinkedIn, all of my content is educating people and, and even our email newsletter is all educating people on what actually a brand and more specifically, what is a brand strategy Um, Because like you said, they tend to think it's this, it's a logo, it's a color, it's fonts, it's a feeling. And and when you see brand that way, what happens is you think it's just this fluffy add on to marketing. Like if we could get the right ads coming in to get revenue coming in, then we can worry about, is it the right color? Is it the right font? Is it like, are we using the right style of pictures? Like, And and we see this too, is like, we'll get prospects coming to us that like, they worked with a a brand design agency. And so I like to distinguish the two is that there are brand design agencies that only focus on design. They're going to get you a logo. They're going to get you the good look, but they don't necessarily do all the strategy that really comes with a brand. And so we've we've had clients come to us with this n- beautiful 90-page brand book, it's like, here's your, here's your logo, here's your fonts, your colors, here's sample ads you could run, here's what your website could look like. It's like this beautiful... like One of them I flipped through and I was like, I have brand envy over this. Like This is a really beautifully put together book. And the prospect was like, I have no idea what to do from here. This all looks good. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to implement. I don't know what is good and what is not. And should I be doing all of it right now? Because that's going to be a new website, new t-shirts, new signage, new, like (laughs) everything's going to be new. So like, where do I even start with this? What, what's going to, when I start with this, what's going to bring revenue faster? And I was like, did they not walk through that with you? And he's like, no, they just gave us this great brand book. And I'm like, this is why you start with a strategy is because how do we even know this design is, is accurate? I don't know if they did research into your ideal customers. I don't know like, if they just like, oh, this looks good and you like it because it's aesthetically pleasing. But I don't know if these messages are actually going to hit and and work. And that's what, that's what happens when you see brand is just design or just messaging is that it becomes this fluffy add-on that you're like, ah, we don't need to we don't really need to do it um, until we have revenue coming in and we're bigger. Like I hear that a lot from from startups is we don't need to do that until we reach this amount. And I'm like, well, actually, if you did a brand strategy, you'd reach that amount in half the time because your marketing, your sales, your product, your operations would all be aligned on the same messaging, the same direction, the same importance for the ideal customer, you wouldn't waste your time developing out a feature that your ideal customers don't care about. You wouldn't waste your time coming up with a new service or a new product or a new new add-on or a new ebook or a new like whatever it might be. If you do the work of a brand strategy, what happens is you get to know those ideal customers so much that all of the questions you have, Should we be on LinkedIn answered in a brand strategy? Should we do an email newsletter answered in a brand strategy? Should we run ads on LinkedIn answered in a brand strategy? Should we do a a lead magnet answered in a brand strategy? Do we need a podcast? Do we need to do print? Do we need to have ads in a magazine? Should we do a billboard? Like all of those marketing things are answered when you build a brand strategy because you have that deep understanding of the ideal customers to know where they're at, where they interact and how to grab them. And so imagine if you had this, I always like to say it this way to our prospects. Imagine you had this document, this magical document that gave you specific direction on what's going to attract your ideal clients. You cut down the time you spend and the money you spend testing ideas. Like, should we do an ebook about this and gate it and see what leads we get? And you've spent you know money on developing it, time on developing it. You have run ads to get people to it. You get a bunch of leads, but none of them convert. And that took you six months right. to figure out. A brand strategy says, that's not going to work for your ideal customers. So let's not waste the six months. Let's not waste the hundreds or the thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars in ads and time and and labor to get that done when we can definitively say that's not going to work and that's why a brand strategy is so important to build out even when you're starting out is it it like eliminates the waste in your marketing and sales budget so
0: it's interesting you say that because the very first thing that i think about when i think about documents like a brand strategy is i think it's a lot like a business plan and the reality with business planning is, right? You go through the process of business planning, and then you can immediately throw the business plan out. Yep. Because the document itself is irrelevant; it's the process you went through to get there. So, I think when uh, when you talk about brand strategy, is that similar? Is it a similar kind of thing?
1: It it depends. So, one of the things we've done to combat that, because yes, you get a bit you get a business plan, and what happens is it ends up in your your filing cabinet back here, and you don't ever pull it out again until maybe five years later when you're I mean, working with a leadership coach type thing. So, what we've done is instead of giving you like, here's 20 pages of research, what we do is we give you the 20 pages of research. So, you have it if you want to look up something specific, but then we combine it all into one page actionable steps to follow. So, for instance, when we do research on your ideal clients, you get the 20 page document with all the research. You get the transcripts of all the interviews we did and all the insights documents. And then you get this one page here is all the information you need about your ideal clients that you could take this one page document, give to your sales team, and it condenses everything down to say, this is who we're targeting. Or you could give it to a Google Ads uh, agency and say, These, this is the target. This is what they need to hear. This is the size of business they're in, their job title, all those demographic stuff. But then it even speaks to here's their motivation. Here's the pain points that are actually going to get them up off their butt and spend money. So we give those one page documents. And then at the very end, you get an even another one page document that is a tactical step one. Take this message we wrote for you and put it on your website. Step <laughs> two, give this document to your sales team and help them understand your ideal customers. Step three, take this. And like, we literally handhold hold and baby walk them through. Some clients have been like, did you really need to tell tell us this? And I'm like, you would be surprised the number of clients that we give this messaging to. And then they say, um, bu- kind of before we did these one-page strategies, we would give them their messaging. And we check back in three months, and they hadn't even updated their website with it. And it's like, the whole point of this is get it out there. So it generates interest and it communicates very clearly why people should work with you. And so because of that, we developed out and we've been doing this for a year now with the one page strategies and our clients love it, because it's a checklist. All right, I've updated the messaging on the website. All right, I've given this to the internal team. All right, I've like even one of the the check marks is update your LinkedIn headline to include this message. Done. So all of a sudden now they have this tactical plan to say I know exactly what I need to implement in what order so that I start seeing better results from uh, from my brand.
0: So, you, you know, we've talked a lot about uh, in the conversation so far, the um, the ICP, right? Coming up with that ideal client mm-hmm. profile and knowing what that looks like and, and having that fully fleshed out. Um but but in a lot of cases uh i think it's fair to say that the brand design work and the brand strategy mm-hmm. work is is even more than that it's the designed experience with your company and organization so that right. has not only an external component but an internal component right uh it's that whole cast members at disney kind of stuff so it, right. it is, does does the the strategies that you're deploying do they include that kind of stuff as well
1: yeah so um When we talk brand strategy, and maybe I need to take a step back and explain what a brand strategy actually is. um, We tend to start with an audit to see where you're currently sitting, where your position in the marketplace compared to your competitors. Like, are you the top level? Are you medium? Do you sound like them? Like what actually sets you apart? Then we do this deep dive into ideal customers because um, I think one mistake a lot of businesses make is they make assumptions on their ideal customers and so if you understand your ideal customers brand marketing sales product operation everything becomes much easier so we spend a lot of time on ideal customers then we look at differentiation or what we call uniqueness what actually sets you apart because most b2b companies if you pull up their website and I've done this in in evaluations like evaluations over zoom before I pulled up their website. I pulled up their competitors websites. We've looked at the messaging and I'm like, you all sound exactly the same. So why should I choose you? Because I like they're saying the exact same thing as you. So now you're competing on price because you guys do the same thing. So what really sets you apart? We dive into that. We do brand messaging. And then once the brand messaging, and when I say brand messaging, I mean your identity. What's your tone and voice? what are your values? What are those core drivers? What's your purpose as a business beyond making money? What's your customer vision? So kind of all that internal driving, and then the external, what's the message for your website? What's the message that your your tagline, your slogan, all that. Then we start working on this experience. And this is where we dive into way more than just marketing. So if you think about it, I use this example a lot. Let's say you have a physical office um, that clients are coming into. Brand experience should even go down to how often do you empty the garbage cans in your office? And I know this seems like, okay, Jason, now you're just getting a little crazy here. But think about it. If you walked into an office as a a client, you're going to give them like $10,000 to do this project with you. And you walk by and you see every single garbage can is overflowing and it's like no one here is taking out garbage cans. You may not have a conscious thought, but subconsciously you're thinking, hmm, they can't even handle emptying garbage cans. How are they going to handle my project? Or you walk into a conference room and there's boxes piled up in the corner. It gives this feeling of like, they're not organized so if they're not organized how are they going to organize my my product now let's look at you know the experience uh you know more bigger experience i guess is how i'd want to say it like your website wrong messaging hard to communicate it's slow to load that gives us a perception of your business you're outdated you don't know what you're doing you don't have the the technology to do what we really need to do i call in Because I've got a question and your receptionist answers and sounds like I'm a a burden to actually call in. Well, now I feel like, hmm, I don't know if I want to work with them. Or maybe you're sending cold email after cold email after cold email and the messaging is wrong and you're not hitting the, you're not being relevant, but you're talking about how I like mint, mint chocolate chip ice cream. And I'm like, I don't give a rip. Like, first of all, if you send me a cold email and you're like, I know your favorite ice cream is mint chocolate chip. I'm going to be like, you're a crazy stalker. Get out of my email. Like, how do you know that? I don't have that posted anywhere. Um, I don't remember posting it anywhere. So like all of these little touch, we call them touch points, all these little points of contact with your business, give a perception. And if you don't design those, if you don't sit down and say, okay, internally, guys, we need to make sure operations works this way. Your onboarding process, your offboarding process, your fulfillment process, all of that sends a a message to your ideal customers. It's why so many in in the SaaS world, it's why so many have high churn rates is because they spent a lot of time focusing on, we're going to run ads, we're going to spend lots of money, we're going to get people to buy this, but they didn't think through the experience of their product. They didn't think through the experience of what does onboarding look like? We worked with a client, um, earlier this year that their onboarding process took like two months, multiple visits. It was a horrendous mess. And it's like that right there communicates to people, you don't have your crap together. If you can't onboard me quickly and efficiently, or at least even if it's not quick, as long as it's efficient a- and we can track it and we can say, this is, this is how it's, it's going to work. It's communicating to people, you don't know what you're doing. And if all of a sudden I'm dropping $100,000 with you and you're sending the message, you don't know what you're doing, I'm not going to drop $100,000 with you. So everything, every touch, every point of contact builds this perception, builds your brand. And what most companies do is say, even if they do brand, if they have a nice looking design, if they've thought through their ideal clients if they don't take the time to really go through this experience. And like, what is the experience our ideal customers are having with us every time someone from our company uh, contacts them or any time that they interact with an ad, they interact with our website, they interact with our product. What is that experience? If it's not on point, it's still sending a message and it might be the wrong message. And what we found for a lot of clients is a lot of times it's the experience that is causing a drop in revenue or like stagnated revenue because they're saying one thing, but they're giving a different experience. And let's be honest, actions speak way louder than words. Um And so if you're saying this is a seamless experience and I jump in and I'm like, this is crap. I immediately don't trust you. I immediately am not going to give you money. And that's, and, and, that's where and, brand comes in. And to
0: be clear, we're not talking about the things that they actually, the, these thoughts don't go through their head just like that. A lot of this right. stuff, it's all hanging in this sort of uh, unconscious peripheral of their awareness. Right. I tell folks all the time, and, and I think it's, it speaks to, to some of what you're talking about when I'm working with my clients. I say, look, um, the CEOs of companies do not have uh, unlimited license to open all of the gum at the checkout lane to figure out what one they're going to buy. They have to buy it based on what does it look like? How does it present? What are all of the little variables? Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't, you know, that the title does not confer upon them the ability out of the gate to just be like, you know what, I'm going to open all these, try them all out. This is why I don't believe in free trials. I'm going to open all these, try them all out, and figure out which one's the right fit. No, they have to buy it based on the same criteria as everybody else, which means if you don't design that experience, it's going to get designed for you. And I think that right. speaks a lot to what you're talking about, that um, the, those unconscious things swimming around in the back of somebody's head and they don't know how exactly it happened. But let now give they're you a Wrigley's gum chewer.
1: <laughs> yeah, let me give you a very practical example. It is from B2C, but... Um, This is an example we use when we explain to our customers talking about designing an experience. So mm. if you walk into an Apple store and you are going to buy uh, like a MacBook, if you walk in, they have the MacBooks angle, the screens angled. And I forget the exact angle. I think it's like 70 or 30. Like it's something like this. And everyone's always like, like you walk in and the first thing you have to do to even see the screen is grab it and move it. That is a brand experience decision on Apple's part. Because what happens is if they were all open at a good angle where you didn't have to touch the machine, like touch the laptop, you're missing out on a very tactile experience where like if you actually touch a MacBook, like I'm on a MacBook, I love, I love Mac. But like, if you, if you've never felt one before and you put your hand on the screen to move it and you feel that it's this kind of stainless or aluminum casing and it's sleek and it's light and it's e- like all of a sudden your senses have been engaged and it's communicating like if you feel a macbook and you feel a dell very different experience very different uh kind of subconscious communication going on in your brain of the quality of what you're buying it also and and it and also creates that initial experience. investment
0: right it creates that yes. like now i have made an adjustment to this piece of equipment and that is that is the beginning of the buying process is yes. i've invested now i want to see what's on the screen i have the the joy of discovery that comes in that process i mean there's a ton of psychology going on yeah. in all of that stuff and i think it's really important that um you know when you talk to business owners there's like a um, a, a leveling process here. You start at level one, right? Mac is right. operating at like level, or Apple is operating at like level ten. So just don't worry. Right, You're right. not going to go right out of the gate, and we're going to not going immediately start talking about trash cans and, you know, the angle right, of the right. monitors in your office. We're going to talk about. <laughs> Do you have a foyer? Is it relevant <laughs> when people walk in? Is there a place to sit? You know, whatever. Um, or 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 whatever the equivalent is on the web or what have you. So I, I think it's um that, that continuum that how do you get from level one to level 10? Um a lot of folks will either, you know, they don't think branding's anything. So they buy like the clip art, the the Microsoft Office logo, right? And it's like, yay, I'm done. Um, or they think it's all of the stuff, and they get overwhelmed. So I think it's right. you know really important, like you said, to have that sort of uh, that plan of a- attack, so you can build that nuance in right. your process.
1: And that's really what a brand strategy is. Like it, it is looking at your ideal customers, looking at what you can do right now. Because realistically, we could just say, do what Apple's doing, and people are going to be like, well, they have like a hundred million dollar or more budget for this. I have a $1,000. Like, let's Like, be realistic here. Yeah, yeah. So a good brand strategy looks at who are you going after? What's the experience they want? And what can you deliver on consistently 99% of the time? And let's build that out to start. And then once you have that engine going and it's pulling people in now, how do we improve it? So let me, let me give you uh, a smaller business example. And it actually comes from, from shift. So when we started, our website was a one page landing page that said, Hey, our full website's coming soon, but here is where you can subscribe to our email newsletter to get all of these free, like marketing and branding strategies that you can implement right away. It, it was not a good website. like. That, that's not what an agency website should look like. And yet we drove a lot of, of revenue from that because instead of just having a coming soon, we said, hey, subscribe here. We're going to give you a bunch of stuff for free that's going to help your business. So we looked at that experience. And then when we had the time and we knew like, okay, this is exactly who we want to be, then we built out the website you see now. That is on point, it's the right message, it's the right, and, and even most people don't know this, but we're actually in the process. We just launched it in July, um, a whole redesign. So we did have a uh, I should back up. We had a one page, then we had a a smaller website that was I think it was like five pages or whatever. and style. now we've got our yeah, now we've got our real like this is us website. We launched it in July. We're already making changes to it because it was, let's get it launched so that people see our, our brand. They see what we look like. They get that experience. They see the messaging. They know who we are. And then we'll tweak and adjust as needed as we grow. And that's what, that's what a brand really does is it's almost, I like to describe it to people this way. It really is a plan to grow your company. Um, it removes the uncertainty around business growth and gives you a clear cut plan of based on where I'm at now, what is going to be the best use of my money to bring me the, the greatest ROI or the greatest results. Um, and that's where most small businesses struggle is because they don't have that plan. And so someone comes to them and says, well, I can run Google ads. And we've seen these kind of results. And they're like, great. And then the Google agency asks them, Who are we targeting? Well, I mean, I think it's this people and these people. And they're like, okay, well, we'll run tests. And they spend, you know, tens of thousands of dollars testing what could have been discovered in a brand strategy. And that's where it really becomes this whole operating like system to say, this is what you need to do to grow. Like even one client of ours um, in the brand process as we were building out their brand positioning. One of the things that kind of came up was, uh, they were like, well, we don't want to be like other, uh, it was a, a software development agency, they're like, we don't want to be a software development agency that hires these low cost developers that don't really know what they're doing, and and maybe are good developers, but aren't good business people, they don't know how to take coding and actually make it work into something that people want, they don't have the strategy side. So in their brand positioning, we said, hey, you guys should only hire senior level um, consultants or senior level developers that understand strategy. So now, right there, you can charge more as we say, hey, you're not going to work with the $1,000 uh per project developer while well, we're going to charge you 10,000 or whatever and this developer doesn't understand your business doesn't understand how this works they just put something together and say there you go you're going to work with the person that's going to deeply understand your company and build out the the software that you need there's a whole different messaging there's a whole different position there um and so that's what i mean by growth is like here's this opportunity you have like if you do this Now, all of a sudden, you can be this company instead of this company competing with everyone on Fiverr who is a a freelance developer that could do it for $2,000. You can charge $10,000 now because you're not just bringing the the software, you're bringing the whole strategy behind that's going to grow, that's going to use the software to really help their business, not just be what they want it to be, but actually dive into their business and understand, well... If we do this, it's going to streamline this part of your business. Well, I didn't even think of that because I'm not a software developer. How would I know that? That's the level that they um, that we help them get to, and so that's that's what I mean by like a brand strategy really is a, a growth strategy.
0: Brand strategy equals margin. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, and, and think about it. Like I, I use Apple a lot because one, I love Apple, but two, they're they are valued as the most successful business. They they have the most the highest valuation of any company in the world, and the majority of that valuation is not their product, not their sales, it's literally their brand. So Apple could stop selling products, it could close down all the stores and it's still more valuable than most of the companies out there because of their brand. It is why you can get an iPhone, which I love Apple, but I'm going to be honest, these are not the best phones on the market. There are phones from Samsung. There's phones from Google's that do far more than an Apple phone than an iPhone can. It is, not, it is not subjectively or objectively the best phone on the market, but it is the most expensive. That's what a brand does. You may not be, quote unquote, the best, but you can take what you have and with the right brand you can you can sell this i think uh, this is a 13 pro i bought it for like 1400 and people were lined up around the block to spend 1400 on a phone where they could buy a competitors for like two to 300 or you know five or six hundred why pay double it's because of the brand and that's the difference This is why B2C companies become so successful and B2B companies struggle is that B2B focuses on sales and maybe some performance marketing and B2C focuses on brand. So you can can sell a $1,400 iPhone to people who can't afford a $1,400 iPhone, but they're going to buy it because of the brand and because of how it makes them feel and because of the experience that you get. Like, let's be honest, you walk into an Apple store, it's a pretty cool experience you walk into best buy and look at a dell computer it's not the best experience you know so like that's what you're buying is the brand right. and if we could take those tactics from the b2c space and understand it in a b2b world like how do you how do you become the apple of your industry how do you become the one that's like yeah we don't we don't offer this the iphone doesn't do a lot of stuff that a samsung phone can do but no one gives a crap because they love because they love Apple because right. Apple has a, a, a much more effective brand. And so, imagine if you came into the market with a new product or a new service and you built that brand behind it. That instead of your where your competitors are maybe charging, you know, you know what, like maybe a thousand dollars for the service, you could come in for three thousand and still have more clients than your competitors because of the brand. Sales will never do that. Performance marketing will never get you there. Brand is really the only thing that will actually attract the right people to you and make them willing to pay more for what you have. That requires brand and a brand strategy. So if that's the kind of business you want, start with a brand strategy. It'll direct everything else you need to do in order to become the the category dominator, the Apple, the the best one in the market. That people are like, I'll pay more even if I'm getting less because I love your brand.
0: All right, Jason, we've we've easily exceeded our mark here, and I want to make sure. I, I knew we would. Uh, it's it, it's a it's a it's a great conversation, and I can dive yeah. into the details on this uh, for days and days. But what I I, I think we uh, our our audience is going to want to know is if they want to speak to you, how do they get a hold of you?
1: I would say what the easiest ways are LinkedIn. Uh, just search Jason Vanna. I post there every weekday, brand, marketing, and sales tactics. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, at Jason Vanna. Same kind of stuff there. And then our email newsletter, you go to our website, shift.agency, which is S-H-F-T. No I, we were trying to be cool. Uh, shift.agency. Um, we have an email newsletter that you can subscribe to. Um, we're also launching our own podcast on December 5th, um, which will also be on the website. So if you go to the website, email newsletter, podcast, find me on LinkedIn, find me on Twitter. Best ways to get a hold of me, just shoot me a DM. I'm usually on. I'll respond. And if you need help with your brand strategy, reach out. And even if you, even if you aren't an ideal co- client, we do have resources we can give you to help you start on your own.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for your time
1: today, Jason. Thanks, Brian. It's been great.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of The Consulting Trap. If you have suggestions for future episodes or would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at brian at podcastchef.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at P-O-D-C-I-S-T-C-H-E-F dot com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef podcast chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue generating lead magnet for your consulting business our podcasting done for you service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast reach out now to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your business to the next level